Welcome to church. Good to be with you. Glad to be in God's house today, yeah? Come on. Look at your neighbor. Say you look good. Look at your other neighbor. Say, good to see you. Look at a person in front of you. Say, I look good. Be confident. Confident. Speak those things that are not as though they are if you ain't feeling it today. If you're joining us online, welcome to Hope Point. Man, what a great, great Sunday we have for you. Um, can we just thank our worship team? They killed it today. We're going to continue our series uh, called uh, Carried Along, all about how God speaks and works today, just like he did then, and how he can speak into your life and how he can move in your life in amazing and incredible ways. And so our text today is going to be Ezekiel chapter 37. If you don't know where Ezekiel is, it's kind of in the back middle, uh, the middle, but flip right a little bit, um, and you'll bump into Ezekiel. He was a prophet. He was um, in Israel. He was exiled to Babylon when Israel fell to the Babylonian Empire. He and a guy by the name of Daniel were exiled together. Um, Daniel went to the king's palace. Ezekiel went to the backwater town um, outside of the Babylon Babylonian Empire by the Kabar River. And there is where God met him. There is where God spoke to him. How many of you know that, that, that very often God will show up where you don't expect him to? And sometimes in your most difficult seasons, you'll see clearest what God wants you to. And so Ezekiel was much like that. He didn't get a whole lot of revelation while he was in Israel, but God showed up in Babylon. God showed up in a place that nobody expected him to. And um, as I was thinking about writing this message, which I did some time ago, this whole series, um, I was reading an article and it struck me because it, it happened here in Richmond and it happened in 1848. There was a man by the name of Henry Brown. Henry Brown was an enslaved man who was on a plantation here in Virginia. And Henry, um, uh, ironically, uh, in the early spring morning of 1849, he folded himself into a three foot by two foot box, a wooden crate, and spent 27 hours and went 350 miles where he mailed himself to freedom. He ended up in Philadelphia at the house of a barber by the name of William, who was a part of the Underground Railroad at the time. And what was interesting about this story, that, and which is very well documented because Henry became famous after this, um, amid all of that turmoil, he used a private shipping company called Adams Express. And Brown had spent his first 35 years here, and he faced the devastation of his family being sold, his wife and three children. And he went to God in prayer. And this is what I find interesting. He said, I felt like when I was praying, God told me, find a box and put yourself in it. Come on now. Talk about practical, right? He did and woke up the next morning in freedom. And what's interesting to me about this, and I want you to hear this today, is that when God wants to download something to you, you have no idea what the mail of heaven can bring into your life to bring freedom. Are you hearing me? That you, can, that you can wake up and your whole situation can be changed. Aren't you glad that Jesus said it's for freedom that I've come to set you free? Anybody here today? And so what I love is that 
This is what Henry said when he got out of the box. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he heard my cry. In kindness to me, he heard me calling. He put a new song in my mouth. Thanksgiving, even thanksgiving unto God. Blessed, blessed is the man who has set his hope in the Lord. O Lord my God, great, great is the wondrous work which you have done. Come on, we need to be a little bit more like Henry today. Can I get an amen? If you're new to church, amen just means I agree. When you find freedom, there's nothing like it. And God's word has come to set every person here free. He's still setting people free. And so I love the fact that in desperation and difficulty, Henry pressed in. He went to God. He didn't blame God. He went to God. And he heard what he found was his answer for that situation. And so if you're here today and you're facing something that maybe you just go, I don't really see a way out of, whether that's a, an issue in your life, whether it's a marital problem, whether it's an addiction, whether it's fear, I want you to know today that God can speak to you right now and he can unlock something in your life that can bring freedom. Jesus still sets people free. Are you with me today? Come on. So, so I'm going to talk with you a little bit. If you're, if you're at Ezekiel 37, I'm just going to frame this table for you a little bit. What is the role of prophecy? Prophecy is God telling you what will happen in the future. He does that through his word, and he does that directly in your life. In prophecy, God does a few things. Number one, he corrects. Everybody say corrects. That means that he adjusts you. He comforts. Everybody say comforts. He calibrates, which means he directs. Everybody say calibrates. He confirms. Come on, say it with me. He confirms. Come on. That means that he will confirm his will, his heart, his plans, and his purposes for your life. And he counsels. Say counsels with me. Come on. They're all C words. He, co he corrects. He comforts. He calibrates. He confirms. And he counsels. And that should be there if we've got that. See, in prophecy, God will always reveal his will. Amos 3.7 says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his prophets. Are you with me? God loves to call his own shot. He loves to tell you what will happen. In fact, didn't Jesus say that in John 16, verse 12 through 14? Jesus said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own. He'll only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. Are you with me? He will tell you what is to come. In your life, God can drop a line that can change everything. In your life, God can bring a truth and a revelation that will change everything. And so, so here's the deal. You have to know that, that God wants to do something far greater than you think. And you have to learn to hear his voice. The prophet Samuel, when he was young, his mother dropped him off at church and left him there to be raised by the church because she had dedicated him to the Lord. When he was three, he started hearing God speak. He thought it was somebody that was training him, the priest Eli. It wasn't. Three times he goes to Eli and says, you called? And Eli said, I didn't call. And the third time Eli picks up on it, he goes, when, next time you hear that voice, say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. And so he does. And in that, in that, Samuel begins to hear the voice of God. 
A lot of times he heard the voice of God and thought it was somebody else. A lot of us sometimes hear another voice and think it's God. <laughs> we got to be careful. We got to be careful. Samuel then anoints a king by the name of Saul. Saul, while he's walking with prophets, catches the spirit of prophecy and starts to prophesy, which tells you something. You can catch good things if you're around good people, but you can also catch other things if you're not. Closeness can bring contamination. Are you with me? All right, that's, that's too, it's too early for you on that one. Is it too early in the morning to hear that? Okay. What prophecy does is it positions you to address the spirit of the age that you're living in. Every age has a spirit. Every, and, and, and it ain't one from God. In fact, the Bible says that the spirit of this age has blinded hearts and minds so that they can no longer acknowledge God or that, he, that, he is, or that Jesus is Lord. So when you think about the spirit of this age, it's one that says you can be your own God. You can be whatever you want to be, whoever you want to do, and it won't listen to anything else because it's driven by offense. Are you with me? The Bible says that the sons of Issachar, Issachar was a tribe in Israel, that they knew what to do in their season. Are you with me? They knew how to speak to that thing, to that voice. I'm reminded of Winston Churchill when France fell to the Nazis and the Nazis controlled almost the entire continent. Everybody thought England would fall next. Everybody thought they were done, that, that, that the British Empire would collapse, that, that, that Europe would collapse, and then soon America, which at the time, America had fewer soldiers than Switzerland, if you can believe that. We just weren't prepared for war. And so the Nazis had overwhelming forces, and Winston gets up and he says, I expect the Battle of Britain is about to begin. And upon this battle depends the survival of Christian civilization. Upon it depends our own British life and the long continuity of our institutions and our empire. The whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. Hitler knows he'll have to break us on this island or lose the war. And if we can stand up to him, all Europe might be free and the life of the world may move forward into broad sunlit uplands. But if we fail the whole world, including the United States including all that we've known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age, made more sinister, perhaps, and more protracted by the lights of perverted science. So let us brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that the British Empire and its commonwealth, if it lasts for a thousand years, they will say of us, this is our finest hour. He delivered that because he knew the spirit of his age. And it rallied a nation, which then rallied our nation, which then helped us win the war. Can I tell you, you're in a war and what prophecy does is position you to have an answer. Church, the answer is Jesus. It's always been Jesus and it will always be Jesus. And there's only one way. There ain't a lot of ways. There's one way. And I'm telling you right now, the spirit of God can position you to speak to every other spirit of this age and say, no, we have life and light, and this is the way. It cannot, is anybody here today? Saints need to get a little riled up about it. And so, so there's rules governing prophecy. It can't contradict the word of God. Remember, we said that a voice will never contradict a verse. So there's safety in it. The spirit of prophecy is subject to the prophets. No, no prophecy just makes you overtakes you and makes you do crazy things. The, pro, the prophetic has to be accountable to the authorities of the church, and prophecy will never violate your free will. It'll never violate your free will. You've got to work with the word. 
right? Are you with me? You got to work with it. You got to do something with it. When you hear the word of God, you got to do something with it. You got to work it and you got to let it work you. Jonah was a prophet and he got a word and he did what? He ran from it. Come on, when you get a word, press into it. Go, okay, God, this, you're speaking to me about this. So today I want to speak to you because I believe that Ezekiel even then had something for us now. So Ezekiel 37 verse 1 says this. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and he set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. The hand of the Lord comes to empower you. Are you with me, church? The kingdom of God is not a matter of drink and food. It's a matter of power. It's a matter of, of, of peace, love, and joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Come on. Paul said, I didn't come to the Corinthians with wise and persuasive words. I came with a demonstration of the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. If, if we've ever needed power, it's today. If you've ever needed power, it's today. Because there's a world lost and dying that needs to hear that there's an answer. And what they've been searching for, they haven't found. And they need power from on high. They need a power in your life. We have to be the church, not just come to the church. And so, so the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me. Can I tell you, you can never get to where God wants you unless you allow him to lead you. God wants to lead you and when the hand of the Lord comes upon you, he comes upon you to empower you to get to where he wants you to go. A lot of people try to get to where he wants them to go without empowerment. But God wants to empower you in your life to get you where he wants you to go. The hand of the Lord was upon him. You can't go there unless the Spirit empowers you. Are you hearing me? It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my Spirit, says the Lord. And so there's something that the Spirit of God wants to do. And you can be powerless and still hope-filled. And maybe you're here today and you need power. Stay hope-filled, God is coming. Stay hope-filled, God is coming. See, Jesus was led by the Spirit, Matthew 4.1 says. Paul says, and now compelled by the Spirit in Acts 20. The Holy Spirit wants to compel you, wants to position you, wants to posture you. To speak in your world because in my estimation, he's the only thing, one that can change anything. He's the only one that can give you power to overcome what you have not before. He's the only one that can give you power to find life that abundant and eternal. And so the Holy Spirit comes to Ezekiel and he takes him to a place and it was full of bones. Don't you love it when God takes you to a place that you don't want to go? Don't you love it when God takes you to a place you're like, wait a minute, where's the green pastures? Where's the quiet waters? Come on, I, all the church people acting like they haven't had a problem. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Like you hadn't talked to God and asked him what he was up to. Like maybe you hadn't counseled God about how he should do something a little different, right? Maybe, maybe, you, wanted to, maybe you wanted to tell the Almighty how it should work, right? 
He leads him to a place where he doesn't want to go because all he sees is death. I don't know about you, but Bones, he leads him to a graveyard. He leads him to a place where there's nothing living. And look, bones are the structures of what used to be. I think a lot of times we can look at our life and, and look at what used to be. We can look at the structure of how it used to be. And if you get stuck in used to be, then you'll never see what he wants to be. Are you with me? If you constantly get stuck in what used to be, you will never see what can be seen. When the world looks at the valley of dry bones, they just say, bury it. It's dead. When God looks at it, he sees something different. He sees the detritus of your life, the destruction of what might have been or what you've walked through and goes, I can bring life to that. But here's the deal. He led him back and forth. He didn't just take him there. He led him back and forth and he said, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley and they were very dry. It ain't like they had just stopped breathing right there and then and we could resurrect them and we could, you know, resuscitate them or whatever else. These things were old. They were dry. They'd been dead more than a hot minute. They had seen some, some, some things and they had been there a long time. I want you to see that. And he walked him by. It reminds me of Nehemiah. Inspect the stones of the wall that had collapsed. Can, can I tell you, too often we're afraid to inspect what is abject. We're, we're too afraid to go, God, um, I don't want to look at that. That's ugly. That part of my life is ugly. That part of my history is ugly. That part of me, I, I, I don't want to see anymore. Like that, that's, that's just, that's too rough. I got to move on. I need to, need to write a new narrative. Need a new me. Need a new time. Need a new thing. And God's saying, no, no, no. You're not going to be able to go forward until you go back. You need to look back so that I can bring life to that, bring healing to that, bring correction to that, and help you propel you into what you have in your future. Can I tell you sometimes the quickest way of moving forward is going back. And so, so, so it, God begins to deal with Ezekiel because Ezekiel is going through the hardest time in his life. The, the temple has been destroyed. All of his nation has been conquered. The city has been raised. His families have been taken. They're now in a heathen nation serving false gods and he doesn't know what to do. And God says, just walk back and forth and look at the death. Look at it. It's like Jesus standing outside of Lazarus' tomb. Why you got to go there? Why you got to smell that? He's certainly stinking. Why you got to deal with that? No, no, no. I just want to, I want to walk by. I want to see. It reminds me of the man who was at the pool of Bethsaida in John chapter five. He had been there for 38 years and, and Jesus comes to him and he says, do you want to get well? And he says, I don't have anybody to help me into the pool. He doesn't realize. See, oftentimes we want to tell God how it should work or how it should go. And this man's going, hey, he's looking at the almighty going, hey, if you could just help me do this and I could be healed. And Jesus is standing there going, no, I'm the healing. I'm the one that you need. I'm right here. He says, do you want to get well? And he says, yeah. He says, then pick up your mat and walk. And instantly he was healed. See, there's a word that can bring life to you, church. But, but, but so often we want to tell Jesus, like, no, if you could just help me get over here. I, I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. No, I'll be good. It might be good if you just, you could do this. And Jesus is saying, who do you think stirring the water there, kid? That's just one of my servants. That's one of my angels stirring that water. No, I, I'm here. I'm here. The word, the logos, God made flesh is here. 
Are you following me? God is here. And he's got a word for you. And if you can latch on to it by the Holy Spirit, you have no idea what he can do. So, so God asks Ezekiel, he says, son of man, can these bones live? And, and Ezekiel is so dejected, he sees so much destruction, he just goes, only you know. That looks rough. I'm not answering that. Because have, have you ever been in a position where, where God asked you a question, but you just didn't want to answer him back because it was so bad you didn't have enough faith to even believe for it? He's just going, uh, you know, surely, you know, you know, when somebody asks you a question and you just want to ask them one back to get out of it. No, I know nobody's ever done that. So it's good. We'll, we'll move on. Uh, what, what do you think? Well, well what do you think? Uh, what, what do you think? And so Ezekiel is talking to God and God asked him this question. And he said to me, prophesy. Hear me. Prophesy to that situation. Prophesy to the bones that they may live. Say to them, draw bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says to these bones. I'll make breath enter you and you will come to life. I'll attach tendons to you, make flesh upon you, and cover you with skin. I'll put my breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you'll know that I'm the Lord. See, God doesn't just answer his question. He says, son of man, he wants to work with you to see something great happen. So he says, I need you to speak. Why? Because when God speaks, things happen. Let there be light. There was light. Anybody with me today? God knows how to do something when he wants to do something. God is breathing on them. He's breathing life into Adam. He breathed life into him and he got filled with life. See, when, when God speaks, the life of God is in the voice of God. That's why he says, I speak in my sheep, they know my voice. Right? When I hear his voice, then I know that it brings life. And so he says, son of man, I need you to prophesy. I need you to speak. That doesn't make any sense. But you know what? The Bible says, speak those things that are not as though they were. Now, I don't just mean you name and claim whatever you want. I mean, when the spirit of God confirms through his word and his voice that you got to do something, that you got to take a stand in faith, that you've got to speak to some things that have been holding you back, that you've got to talk to some things, that you got to speak to the spirit of the age in your life, then the the power of God will start to come into you. The power of God will start to come into you. And none of your effort will make the difference. It'll be the power of God through your voice speaking to you going, hey, this is the word of the Lord. Get up, rise up, walk, do something with that. Come on. Bones come together. Tendons come together. Flesh come together. Move and shape and conform to what God called you to be. Because while I brought death, he brings life. There just needs to be some life in this place today. You need to get a word in your spirit that says, my God, you are more than able. You've always been more than able to take this. But God is waiting for you to get it. There's a spirit of prophecy that says, I need to download a word. I need to speak something into your situation. I need you to hear it. Partner your faith with it. And speak it out. So Ezekiel does exactly that. 
He says breath. Did you hear? God says breath more than any other time in this passage. He says, speak and breath will come. Say, speak to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. You know what? A lot of us stop at bones. We try and arrange the bones and say, well, God, it should go here and this should go there and this should happen first and that should happen next and this should happen. No, 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 no. God's the designer. He knows how to set it up. He knows how to bring that person to you when you've been waiting and you're ready to, you're ready to get married. Come on, somebody. He knows he, his timing is perfect. His timing's perfect. He knows, how to, he knows how to bring everything in your life that you've ever needed. But you're not going to see it unless you speak it. You get his heart in your spirit. You know how you speak? Isn't it interesting when you breathe, your inhale-exhale ratio is 50-50. When you speak, it's 10-90. You inhale 10% and exhale 90% of your, uh, of your lung capacity. You know why? Because your diaphragm pushes up when you speak. Your, your muscles, your, your, your abdomen contracts and it pushes air and it forces air. There's force behind your voice. There's force behind what God is calling you to say. The Spirit of God is there to move things and to shape things. And Ezekiel says, so I prophesied to the breath. And all of a sudden, there was a vast army. And God says, this is what I will do with Israel. You might be conquered now, but you will be the conqueror. You're going back, and I'm going to restore all that you lost. Come on, somebody. I'm going to restore all that you lost. I'm going to bring it back. We're going to run it back. God is going to begin to do something. Man, I'm preaching myself happy today. Come on. Get happy. Get happy in Jesus. The battle is not done. He is not defeated. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Come on. Speak to that mountain and say what? Be cast into the sea. Be removed. I just wonder if the people of God have any faith to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. To speak to a spirit that exalts itself up against God and says, oh no, 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 no. Oh no, 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 no. There's one truth, there's one way, and His name is Jesus Christ. Come on, say it with me. Can we say the name of Jesus? Jesus, come on. One, two, three. Jesus. Doesn't that sound good? That's beautiful. I got to stop preaching now. I want you to hear this, and I mean it with all my heart. God wants to put a word in your spirit today that breaks every chain. That breaks every chain. And it's not that simple, trust me. Remember I said you got to work with the word. But it starts with you confessing, it can be a new day for me. As our prayer team comes up, I want you to bow your head and I want you to close your eyes. I think there's people in this place that have been wrestling with addiction. Hear me now. You've done everything. You haven't conquered it. It's only conquered you. Today, Jesus can set you free if you would have enough faith to believe and say, Jesus, I, in place of this, I put you. In place of this, I put you. In place of this, I put you. I'm more than a conqueror through him who called me. I know that if, that if I'm in you, then I win. If you need a word in your spirit, come on, you need faith, you need hope. 
You might not have power yet, but it's coming. Breath is coming. Breath is coming in Jesus' name. When I'm done praying, I want you to find somebody up here and just say, man, whatever you got, give it to me because I need it. But I believe there are people here today that, that need to know the breath giver, the life giver. His name is Jesus, and he came to conquer every sin. And while you might not understand it all, while you might not understand him all, he loves you. He's God, and he offers you abundant and eternal life. He offers you covering and repentance and grace for your sin. And we've all been there. And so today, I'm going to ask you to say a prayer and make Jesus your Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you to turn to him. I'm going to ask you to seek him. I'm going to ask you to follow him and start a relationship with him. And I believe that when you do, it'll be the best decision you ever made. So if you would, our whole church is going to help you pray. And if you're online, there's somebody there who's leading you in this right now. Say, dear God, forgive me. I accept your grace. I ask you to come into my life. Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior today. I accept your breath, your life, so that I can speak your word. I give you my life today. I commit to serve you always. I thank you for paying a price I couldn't. And I thank you for conquering death. In Jesus' name. If you said that prayer, you meant it in your heart, I want you to raise your hand right now and so I can celebrate with you. Come on, there's no greater decision than that one right there. Come on, let's celebrate with those people that are doing that, just nice and high. Man, that's awesome.